Etienne with no more shadow on your victory 91.5. <laughs> I love him. Jonathan's so cool. He's a great guy. He's over at Free Chapel. For those of you that don't know, I actually go there. So he's my worship pastor. I like him a lot. This is Nathan. I'm here with Ray. Uh, now you're preaching tonight at War Hill. And uh, it's going to be online though, correct? Correct. Yeah, because you, you can't gather around. You can check that out at warhill.com or you can go to the church at Warhill on Facebook. And I know what was planned originally was a Seder, which is the meal for the Passover. Uh, do you still plan on doing that or what will you be doing? No. Unfortunately, you know, it's really hard to make that work. People do virtual Seders. We did that a couple of years ago. I did the video so you can actually download that at the blog site and, and watch that or follow along if you want to try to do that. But it's just a little complicated. It's a little easier to, to to generally do them on your own or be there and have someone lead you, which I love doing. So tonight, rather than doing the Seder with you, I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to take pieces of what I've shared all morning, uh, especially prophetic look at what's happening, what's going on in the world and how we're supposed to deal with that. Little pieces of Passover and the history. So I'm going to teach all that. And so that's just a 45-minute piece right there. So if you want to have a Seder, Either you can find one that's going on online. There are people that do those around uh, the world. Or you can download the inf information on how to do that on our website, on that blog site. And you can go to our website, too, and just hit the, find the blog site there. And that will give you, in fact, if you go to our website, kind of scroll down, you'll see the information for the Passover. You click that, it'll take you to the blog site. Simple way so you don't have to remember the details. So if you want to have a Seder, you have to do that. Okay. So it will not be a Seder tonight. That part is more of a preaching thing. Awesome. Well, if you want to have a Seder tonight, which we all recommend here celebrating Passover, we want to talk about the symbolism of what each part of the meal means. We just went over the meal itself, but now we know that there are four cups of wine as well. So that symbolizes the blood of Jesus as we know, but why, sure. why did blood ever have to be a part of all this? And what do the four cups of wine mean? Exactly. So, you know, a lot of people, when they look at Christianity and Judaism, they say that's a bloody religion, just just blood, blood, blood. In fact, if you were to be there back in the day at the temple, hundreds of thousands of lambs, and the description was it was, it was once you started, they were all in white, and suddenly they're all in red because it was flowing with hundreds of thousands, all the blood from all of them. And when you go to Israel and you see where all that was taking place and what was happening, the troughs and... Is a lot of blood. So obviously the blood is the central part. When he uh, delivered them in Egypt, he killed someone and eat the oldest son in every single home. That's a lot of blood. The end time judgment, uh, horses up to their um, bridles, it's about four feet. And the d description of that is about 180 miles, square miles, four feet high of blood. Mm. A lot of blood. So yeah. you can't get away from that. Like it or don't like it. That's what it is. It's blood. So what is that all about? So there's four cups of juice or wine. So like if you're looking at home tonight and you obviously you don't have wine or you may not even have uh, grape juice. You might have one of those little squeeze box. What do you call them? Juicy juice or Capri one of those Sun things. or something. Capri Sun, yeah. Well, it's just you got to get as close as you can. It doesn't even have to be a grape. You know, if you can figure that out. Uh, you're just trying to get the basic elements. You know, saltine crackers work great and they're salty. So... Uh, you're just getting the basics. But when it comes time for the juice, here's the significant part. There's four cups. 
That's very, very important. These represent the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and each one has something significant to it. The first one, be different or holy, because you can't approach God otherwise. I will free you, because you have to understand how you become holy. You choose to leave your sin, but he has to free you from it. The third cup is redemption. That is literally the communion cup. And the cup of praise or joy, that's the fourth cup. There is a fifth cup called the cup of Elijah that just sits there, but that's uh, not as significant as those first four, obviously. Here's the big part. You don't fill the cups all the way full. There's a Jewish tradition because you have to drink everything in the cup four separate times. Emptying the cup symbolizes that our joy is full. So if you have a juicy juice, you're going to put some of that in a cup, all right? Don't just, you know, take it out of the thing because you want to drink all of it each time. So don't fill up your cup or you'll have sugar shock. Uh, wine or juice mixed with water. Very important part of uh, the uh, Passover Seder for me. Not everybody does this, but this matters a lot to me. It's blood and water. John 19, when they came to Jesus, found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Now, in the Jewish Mishnah, which is an explanation of things, Passover wine was red and mixed with warm water. So you don't, uh, if you're going to do a Passover and you got your juice in the refrigerator, take it out so you can get a, 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 a room temperature kind because why? It's it's the blood. It's reminding you of the blood of the Passover lamb. So here's what the Mishnah says. On the eve of any Passover, it's not lawful for a person to eat anything from the time of the afternoon prayer until after dusk. Nor shall a person have less than four cups of wine, even if they must be given him from the funds devoted to the charitable support of the very poor. So this was so important to them, they made sure that the poorest of poor could have four cups of wine or juice. The earliest references to these mixtures has a ratio, two parts water, one part wine. So if you're thinking uh, this is a good op they'll were they getting drunk at this thing, uh, if you ever mix two parts water and one part wine, there's not much wine left in there, and the, the alcohol content is really, really low. You're basically drinking juice at that point. So whether you use juice or wine, whatever you're using, the point is in order to qualify, you can't have a high alcohol content. It has to be very, very low. Later in the Talmud, in the modern day, the ratio is three parts water to one part juice. So you don't taste a lot of juice there. But the whole point there is you're getting the alcohol out of it and you're, you're getting just the sense of blood there. Early Christians mirrored that of Judaism. In Justin Martyr's first apology, the elements of the Lord's Supper are bread and wine mixed with water. So this is a tradition from the first century and way, way back. So there's four cups. The first cup. Uh, kadosh. The first cup means be different or holy. It's what the angels are saying in heaven. Holy, holy, holy. In Greek, hagios. This cup corresponds to the verse, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Being different is the first step to being saved. See, everyone is a sinner, but God is holy and we cannot be close to him with sin. The punishment for sin is death. Jesus died for us was punished for us so we can be close to God. So the first cup then, God blessed the seventh day and called it holy. For God rested on that day, having completed the work of creation. So what's the deal with the blood? The soul is in the blood. Why all the blood? The blood is said to carry the soul of the person. The soul of the, here's Leviticus 17, 11. The soul of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you on the altar to atone, atone for your souls. 
When a person sins, his soul becomes unclean. The soul of another is then given to make atonement for the sinning soul, to pay the punishment and to purify it. The unclean soul under the death penalty is redeemed or bought back by the death of an innocent soul because the soul is in the blood. The soul of an animal can't truly make atonement for the soul of a human. The animal's blood points to the blood of Jesus the Messiah who made atonement for us soul for soul. This exchange allows a soul to enter into covenant with God and it is the seal that keeps and protects the covenant. At the Passover in Egypt, the blood was put over the doorway and down each side. They put it above for salvation and on either side for protection. This is a fascinating foreshadow of the sign they hung in the cross of Jesus. The Romans wrote Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Jews. They wrote it in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. So the Romans wrote Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Judeans in Hebrew. That's the one we're going to focus on as a Hebrew. Where they, they use the four-letter Hebrew initialism pictographs, which would be Yod, Nun, Mim, Yod. Those four pictographs. Or the Hebrew words, Yeshua, Nazarene, Melech, which is king, or Judeans, or with an I. It enraged the Jewish leaders for a very good reason. In Hebrew, Yeshua is not just a name. It's the word for salvation. Nazarene, which comes from Netzer, or branch, was a messianic title from Isaiah. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its root. It wasn't just a town. Melech is simply king, and Yodians is Judeans. But for the Pharisees and the religious Jews crucifying Jesus, the sign was unbelievably blasphemous. It essentially said about this man, this is salvation, the Messiah, king of the Judeans. So as you can imagine, that didn't really go the way they had hoped it to go. Mm. So the soul is in the blood. That's why all the blood. Wow. That is very, very interesting. I'm sitting here listening, just like blown away at all this stuff. I love it. I do too. It is fascinating. So you can always learn more and more, and you can check out once again on our blog.victory.radio for more information on Passover, and you can check out Ray's Preaching tonight. Can you tell them where to check that out? 7 o'clock, and you can go to the church, let's see, Mm warhill.com, or look up the church at Warhill on your Facebook, and right at 7 o'clock it'll come live, and at that point, somewhere in there, I'll uh, share more from the, the topic of Passover. Awesome. Well, our next song is called Not Leaving by the Church Vessel. So hopefully you're not leaving and you'll stay tuned. We got more for you coming up. Let's talk mold.